Live Your Full Life Now podcast. We're still um, continuing the teachings that I started, and the title is I Want a New Life Now. Um, now, it makes you wonder, why would somebody say that? Why would somebody say, I want a new life now? Pretty much someone who's fed up, someone who has so much pressure, someone who just doesn't necessarily see hope or light for the future, or they just have too much to handle that they just want to run away from the responsibilities that they have. So that's what I want to talk about. And of course, some of uh, we're, I'm going to be addressing different things as far as why we go through trials. Um, sometimes we had definitely have played a role into getting us into those trials. And sometimes we have absolutely nothing to do with, the, with us. The trials that have come against us, um, the attacks that we're facing absolutely has nothing to do with what we have done. So uh, we'll definitely address both of those and I might choose a different title for the teachings, but it will definitely be a continuation of this teaching for some of us who might be going through a tough time in life who just want to break, okay? Um, but first I want to address that when we face trials and temptations, what is Bible, how does Bible address that? Uh, because some people might have the impression that if you're, you know, doing the right thing, if you're following God, your life should be peachy and great because God should reward you for that and protect you and nothing should um, come against you and you should have an easy life, which is absolutely not true. That's not true at all. Um, very um, decent people, uh, people with good hearts, with good intentions, still face trials and still suffer. So um, that's just because, again, I've addressed this before, we live in a broken world and uh, those are the consequences that we face. Um, but I want to address the Bible as far as the trials and temptations. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Uh, verse 3 says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And verse 4 says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So pretty much to summarize this passage, it's pretty much saying, hey, kind of be happy that you're facing trial. But does that make sense to us to be happy? We don't want to face any trials. We don't want to face any hardship. But this verse is saying the reason you would consider it uh, pure joy is because this trial is here and it's going to shape your character. If you're in line with God's word and God's will, it's going to shape your character. It's going to teach you something. And at the end, you're going to come out a different person, a more mature person, a more um, spiritually mature person, a more wiser person. So if you look at it that way, then <laughs> we may not you know, hate the trials that we're facing, we might ask God, Lord, what is this trial here to teach me? What are you trying to change in me? What, what characters am I supposed to learn um, to, or to change or to shape uh, from this trial? So I think that's a great question to ask because when you open yourself up to receiving wisdom from God, he will speak to you and tell you, <clears throat> maybe this trial is here to teach you patience. Maybe this trial here is to teach you, maybe somebody's rubbing you the wrong way. It's to teach you how to still walk on love. You know, maybe this trial is to teach you how to not um, respond according to your flesh and forgive. Maybe this trial is to teach you not to be selfish, whatever it is, or um, all kinds of things, right? Um, Romans 8:18. I want to share this verse with you guys. I mean, if you're if we're just looking, if we're if if we're not saved and we just think we're just physical beings living on earth for a period of time and after that, poof, all gone. You know, everything goes back in the box that nothing beyond that exists. If you're that type of person, 
then I I would give you every right to be completely um, discouraged and disappointed and want to run away. Because if if you think that way and if you think there's no future after there's no afterlife after after we shed our earthly bodies, then the life this life is really short. And if you had a you know majority of the time we were in trials and we weren't enjoying it, then that's not really <laughs> a good life to live, right? Then we feel like we were cheated. Like, how come I didn't get to live a good life? How come I didn't get to do this and get to do that? And I honestly think most people think that way, that this is it. Either we make it happen here or that's it. If not, then we really messed up or we, we really treated unfairly. But look what Romans 8, 18 said. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So basically it's saying, you know, whatever sufferings you're going through right now, it's short-lived, right? Because our life on earth, you know, it's very short-lived. And after that, eternity, which our spirit lives and our spiritual bodies later will live, is forever. And it's saying you're going to have so much glory and joy forever that present suffering, you can't even compare to that. It's nothing compared to that. So I guess with that, if you keep that, if you have that kind of perspective, then maybe our 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 um thinking about how much we suffer now or what we're going through will change and we will handle it differently um but sometimes it's harder to accept i mean let's face it because we're in a physical body we live in a physical world and we kind of are moved by what we see feel hear how other people treat us so i totally understand i've been there um and i experienced it myself um but i do want to share with you guys some other scripture that talks about who you truly are and what you were created for, regardless of what kind of trials you're facing now. But before I go there, which might this might overlap to other teachings, I want to remind you guys of, of the fact that if you haven't truly sought God and opened your heart to him and gone after him, you know, the Bible says, if you seek the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, then you will find him, right? Not just with your mind, not because your parents told you you're Christian or you heard a message and you said, okay, I believe that story, but you truly sought the Lord with all your heart. Like you had a longing to know the truth about him. And then you believe that he sent his son to die in, in your place and my place and all every single person on the face of the earth who will accept this gift if if we truly accepted that, then he that he died on the cross, paid to pay the price of sin for us, but then he was raised from the dead after three days, then you are saved. If you're not that person, then anytime I quote scripture, it's just gonna fly over your head. It's just not gonna make any sense to you. You're not gonna accept it. You're gonna say that's I don't accept that. I can't believe that. Um, I do. I am a Christian. I believe in the Bible, but I don't believe in that verse, or I don't translated the way you are or i don't see it that way and that's because you truly haven't received the gift of salvation even though you might think that you have so if you haven't all you have to do what does the bible say romans 10 9 if you declare with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved honestly you guys it's as simple as that that you just choose to believe you choose to believe first of all we have to believe and accept that we are sinners i mean there is no gift there is no um forgiveness of sins if you don't even believe we're sinners because a lot of people think listen my conscience is clear i'm a good person i do things the right way 
uh, no, I don't believe I'm a sinner. You know, yes, I might say a white lie every now and then, but big deal. That's not really considered a sin. There's a lot of people that live that way, right? But first, at first, the most important thing is we have to believe and accept that we have sinned against God. You know, the Bible says even if you have a bad thought, you haven't acted on it in your head, you have sinned. So <laughs> it goes that far. And there's no way that no one has, that no one, that there's no way that anybody has kept themselves pure and hasn't sinned since they were born. Absolutely, there's no no person ever born on the face of the earth, not Pope, not deacons, nobody. There's no such person except Jesus himself um, that was born and is without a sin. So that's the first place we start. You seek the God with the heart um, of redemption, with a heart that says, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't be your son, your son and daughter the way I am. But I do believe that you sent your son to pay the price of sin, to shed his blood instead of me. And I do accept that gift. So when we say that, what happens? Um, Ephesians 1.13 says, And also you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, right? The message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So it's saying for those who heard the message, obviously the message has to be preached for us to hear it. Let's say, you know, somehow we heard the message. And we believed it. And it says, what happens at that moment? This is really important because trust me, a lot of Christians, they don't even know this fact, this truth, that when you chose to believe, you were marked with the promised Holy Spirit, right? God gave you Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. So now you're a completely different person. Your old spirit is gone. You're a new, new creation in Christ. So um, I think it's really important to understand what does it mean to be saved and what does it mean to have the Holy Spirit and how do we get saved I just told you Romans 10 9 read that for yourself um, because if I keep quoting scripture and giving you reasons for this and that you will not accept it and that's very clearly it's stated in scripture and I'm going to read you the verse that says that it's 1 Corinthians 2 14 uh, 1 Corinthians 2 14 says the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirits. Another word, if you have not heard the message, the gospel, then there's no way you can be saved. But if you have heard it and not accepted it, then you're not saved, right? If you heard it, accepted it with your mind, but not with all your heart, another word, you still have doubts. You don't. You kind of believe, but not 100%. The Bible says then you, anything that comes from Scripture, you're going to say, ah, come on, you really believe that happened? That's foolishness. I can't understand that. I can't accept that. I can't believe that. You're going to argue with the Word of God. You're going to say, you know what? This Bible was written for back then. It doesn't apply for now, as if God didn't know the future before it happens. <laughs> you know, God who created the heavens and earth had no idea what's going to happen so many thousands of years, uh, you know, um, later. So we're arguing with the word of God saying, no, I can't accept that that applies nowadays for this kind of life. It just doesn't make sense. If you talk that way and if you're not accepting the word of God, most likely you have not with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, received the gift of salvation. And I would highly recommend that seek your heart and ask God and do it seriously, you guys. If this is 
something, this is something, this is like you've come to a crossroad where now you have to make a decision. And as we're getting close to the end of times, I don't know when that's going to be. Nobody does. But there's the signs of end of times, as we can all see. It could be hundreds of years from now. Um, I don't think it's going to be thousands of years, but who knows. But just there's, you know, the Bible talks about labor pains, that as a pregnant lady is getting ready to give birth, the labor pains start. So the signs that we're seeing nowadays could be the labor pains of what is yet to come, which is getting closer to the end of times. And it's going to be more revealing who is in and who is not. It's just very black and white. There's no middle grounds. There's no just do the right thing, you know, have a good heart. And that's all that matters to God. Who said that? <laughs> the Bible doesn't say that. You know, the Bible talks about uh, a sacrifice, shedding of blood. I have teachings on that about before Christ, how did God consider sin and how did he forgive people? Please go ahead. Go, you guys go ahead and listen to that. Um, and then the covenant. I, I'm not sure what the title. I can't remember right now what the title is. Um, but if you search through it, you'll know. If you search through um, uh, the, the podcast that I have. Uh, but it's very clear that when there's, there's a price for sin that has to be paid. And, um, and God had a plan. So which takes me now to the next part of this teaching of why, why would like a loving God, a good God, who calls himself your father, you're his child, you're his son, his daughter, will let you get to a point where you just don't want to have this life anymore. Why wouldn't he help you? Why didn't he, why wouldn't he deliver you? Why wouldn't he, um, you know, empower you to do things that would uh, completely change your situation? Like you feel powerless. There's nothing that you can do about what you're facing. Well, first of all, I want you to know um, he, he definitely is a loving father and we have a lot of miscon misconceptions about God and we consider the things that we want from him. If he loves us, he would do it for us, right? That's usually how we think. <laughs> and it's, again, I've used this example before as a loving parent, we don't do everything that our kids want when they're young and immature, right? We do things that's best for them. That would help them. In this case, if God allows trials to come our way let's say if we had nothing to do with it we didn't cause it and we're just under attack for no fault of ours it's because he's letting this trial shape our character for us to become more mature christians because he's preparing us for eternity for a life with him but first i want to talk about if you truly understand what what it means to be a son or daughter of god um so I'm just going to read you guys some verses, and um, let's start with 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So this is talking about a new birth. So if you have truly, again, received Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are a new creation. Your old creation is gone. Your old spirit is gone. Ephesians 1, 5, 4 through 5 says, for he chose us, this is really important, you guys, please try to grasp what the scripture says. It says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Okay, so in other words, it's saying before he even created the world, he saw you. He imagined you. He, before he even created you, he chose you. How? He chose you and he saw you as holy and blameless in his sight. 
Okay, did he know that we're going to fall into sin and pretty much mess up the whole plan? Of course he knew. And then what he did, he predestined us for us to be adopted, to be adopted as his sons. How? On our own effort, with our good works? No, no way. We could never do that. It says through Jesus Christ, right? Through the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made. Why? Because we deserved it? Because we're good? Because we're so lovely? It says accordance with his pleasure. It, is, it pleased him. It pleased him to see you as his son, as his daughter, holy and blameless in his sight. Before he created you, he imagined you, and he desired to have you as his son and daughter. So it's really important for us to grasp that. Before the creation of the world, he planned for you, right, to live and um, to be adopted as his son and daughter through our faith in Christ. Um, 1 Peter 2.9 is one of my favorite verses. It says, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So it says you, he's calling you a chosen person, a chosen people, a royal, royal priesthood, a holy nation. He's calling you his special possession. Okay, why? So that you can declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, um, if you've been, you've hearing, if you've heard people's testimony, if you've been in churches and people come and give their testimony before they were saved, what kind of person they were, and now they're a completely different person before they used to be in bondage to this and that, and they did horrible things and they couldn't help it. They couldn't, in other words, they were, they were in bondage to sin. They couldn't stop it uh, on their own. And now they're saying, I have completely no desire to do that. Um, I see the light. I'm filled with joy. I'm you, you pretty much see completely a different person. You're like, this person cannot be that. That's impossible. But what does the Bible say? It says he called us out of darkness, the darkness that had trapped us, the darkness that controlled us, the darkness that had us in bondage. He called us. He pretty much pulled us when we accepted him as our Lord and Savior into his wonderful light, into this place where you feel so free. Well, you feel so full of joy. Well, you feel so full of peace. Where, in, where If there's darkness everywhere, you see light. You see a future and you're excited about it, which in the natural doesn't make sense, right? But that's, that's, that's the person he created. Okay, John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So there's a lot of people that will hear the message and they will not receive him. They will equal Jesus as with um, any other religion and say he's just a prophet, but he's the prophet for Christians and every person has the freedom to choose their own religion. And of course they do, but they will equal Jesus with uh, prophets of other religion and there is no equal. You know, the Bible says there's one mediator between God and people, one, and that's Jesus. Um, you know, there's verses that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So uh, you might say, are you saying the other religions don't apply or they're not right or they can't? People, if they have other religions, they will not get to God. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm quoting you what scripture is saying. <laughs> okay. So again, John 1.12 says, to those who received him, who believed in his name, who believed in Jesus' name, they became the right to become the child of God. So can, do you have the right to your, call yourself, I'm a child of God? If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, yes. That's what this verse says. John 15, 16 says, 
you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is Jesus speaking. So Jesus is saying, hey, listen, you, you didn't choose me. If you're listening to this podcast, you didn't choose Jesus. If you feel this tugging on your heart uh, to turn your heart toward Christ, he's following you. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He wants you. Like you're his last child, and now he wants you to bring you in back home, right? So he's saying, Jesus is saying, you didn't choose me. I chose you, and I appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. So what's the purpose of your life? To be to feel sad and broken and discouraged and disappointed and want to run away? No. The, the purpose of your life that you were created to be the child of the Most High God, to bear fruit, to be used by God, to bear fruit, right? Now, whatever that may be. And then it says, whatever you ask in my name, my, uh, the Father will, will give you. So when you're in God's will, when you're praying according to his will, will he give you what you desire? According to this scripture, he will, right? It says, ask in Jesus' name. And there's other verses that says, when you ask, you're asking about God's will, right? About uh, what's right in God's eyes. And that prayer will come to pass. It may not be immediate. It may be some things that God has to work on, some people's hearts that he has to change, reposition places, people, things for that thing to come to pass, but it will come to pass. Okay, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So this is God talking specifically to you, you who are listening to this podcast. He's saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So this is how much God loves you, you guys. He's saying, I set you apart. I knew you. I formed you. I had plans for you to be my child, even before you were born. How amazing is that? Um, another one of my favorite verses is Psalm 139, verse 16. It says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is David talking to God. So he's saying, even before I was formed, you know how baby it has, takes nine months for a baby to come to full term and be born? It says before, like, you saw my unformed body. And then all the days that I was going to live and experience and go through, whether it was good or bad, it was written already in your book. God, God already knew our future even before it happened. Before one of them came to pass, God already knew. And do you think he would leave you alone? Do you think he would let you be on your own? No. You guys read Psalm 23. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the dead, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod and staff, they comfort and they protect me. So again, it's saying, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So as I walk through these hard times, through these trials, it doesn't say you come and snatch me out of it and you deliver me. It says he walks with you. As you're going through trial and then he says he protects you right it says his rod and staff not only he protects you he comforts you while you're going through these trials how amazing is that um, so uh, there's another verse in Psalm 139 I can't remember the exact address that says his thoughts toward you are more than the grains of sand have you guys ever walked on the beach and paid attention to the grains of sand there's a gazillion of them <laughs> So that's pretty much saying every second of the day, you're on his mind. 
he's thinking of you. He's thinking of your next step and how he can position things and people to make your life easier, better, to bring you joy, to bring you peace. So I just wanted to share all these verses so you guys can know and remember your worth in Christ and how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. And you might say, well, if that's the case, why am I like going through all this hard time? Why do I, don't I have joy? Why don't I have peace? I have nothing to do with what's going on. How come he's not helping me, right? So like I said, sometimes we're the cause. <laughs> sometimes there are things in us that have to change before our life changes. And sometimes it's just a trial to shape our character. But we're definitely go over the things that we have control over that we can change. If, if it's something that I can do to change my life, make it better, then I have the ability and, and power to do it, right? But, but if it's out of my control, then if something that's going to happen no matter what, let's say, um, let's say somebody has a prodigal daughter or son uh, who are running around and not listening to their parents and it's causing heartache to their parents. It's, it's causing, um, it's, it's really hurting their parents because they're not listening to them. So is it something the parents did wrong that this child decides to run around and do things they're not supposed to do? Uh, most cases, no. I believe the parent, all loving good parents do everything they can in their power to provide a great life and to discipline and to teach and to raise the child the right way. But look at the environment we live in. How much influence do parents have over their children versus how much the environment has influence over the children? So would you say it's the parents' fault? Absolutely not. But it's the environment. So in that case, when a parent is going through that trial, what is the parent supposed to do? Right? Well, how come God is not changing that child? How come God is not changing the environment? So these are the questions we may have. Again, we do have control over certain things that we can do, right, that can change our lives. But in instances like that that I used as a prodigal son, uh, we have to ask God, what is this trial here to teach me? And at the same time, you um, are an avail are um, consulting with God and, <clears throat> and and as far as a wisdom going to the word and looking at God's promises for your children and claiming those and believing the end results no matter what's going on and that's how you're going to gain victory um, but if you choose to believe the enemy and saying look at that there's nothing you can do and uh, that's going to get you just down and depressed and upset and um, you're just going to believe God doesn't care or he's not home. those are lies of the enemy but we can always say, what is this trial here to teach me, right? And then he will walk with you to the point that he will protect you and he will comfort you and uh, you're going to come out a much stronger person, um, a more mature person. So um, hopefully this teaching has shed some light and just reminded you guys, I know I've used these verses before, but the, the word of God speaks to us differently every time we quote scripture. I hope that you're just reminded how much God loves you you're on his mind every second of the day. He predestined you before you were born to be adopted as his son and his daughter. He loves you and he wants to help you. And if you believe anything bad about him, that's the lies of the enemy who has come through religion, who has come through the environment to separate you from a loving God who loves you and who wants best for you. He died. He sent his son to die on the cross to shed his blood for you, not only to have life and eternity, but Jesus said, the thief in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it says, but I have come so that you may have life and have it to the fullest, right? So not only life with eternity with him, but a life that can have joy and peace and hope 
And yes, through trials, you're going to persevere. You're going to get stronger and get better. And even through trials, honestly, you guys, you can keep your joy. You can don't let other people's decisions steal your joy or your peace. Um, enjoy your life. It's short. Time is the only thing that once it's spent, you can't get it back. Anything else, you can somehow get it back, right? But time, once it's spent, it's gone. So don't let the enemy steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your hope. Quote scripture, as Jesus did when he was doing battle with the enemy. Quote scripture and say, that's what the word says. Have hope about the future. And just remember, um, just remember, I believe it's Philippians 2.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If, you've, you've, if God has put a dream in your heart and saying, I want you to do this, you can do this. The enemy will come and say, no, you can't. No, the circumstances are not right. You don't have what it takes. You don't have this. Forget that. You believe what the word of God says. Don't believe what the enemy says. And even if those words are coming from a very loving family member, friends, whoever, um, if, if it's something that God put in your heart and you've listened to wise counsel and you've taken the right steps to do it, believe God. Don't believe the enemy who comes against you to steal your hope and your joy. Whether it has to do with your life, whether it has to do with the future of this country, whether it has to do with your kids, you put your faith in God and you look at the creator of the world. Jesus said, all power on heaven and authority has been given to me. There is no higher power than him. Who is him? He's your father who loves you so much that he died for you. So um, I hope this was a good refreshing course, you guys, where we will continue on this teaching and getting into things that we have control over to change and hopefully improve our lives. So until the next teaching, God be with you and God bless you.